Let's uh, read together now these incredible words from our Lord. Matthew 25, starting in verse 31. This is the word of the Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. And he will separate people, one from another, as his shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we uh, see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, As you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then Then they also will answer saying, Lord... When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will say to them, truly I say, uh, then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for your word and that we are given passages like this one that bring the ultimate purpose of why we were created before our eyes, and such important matters for us uh, to think about as a community and as individuals. I pray for every soul present here. Lord, would you speak to us individually? We need to hear from you. And would you shape um, our understanding of who you are and shape a vision for our lives in um, in the, the numbered days that you have given to us here? how we might use them in service to you and, and shape us as a church, that this church would uh, um, reflect the welcome and love of our Father and God in heaven. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are a church that we hope will be marked by the hospitality of God. God's welcome and hospitality. And, uh, you know, my wife Shannon and I, we first experienced uh, the hospitality of the gospel when, uh, when we were uh, first married. We, uh, we'd only been married about a month or so. We were living in Bellingham, and I was a fairly new Christian. 
And I'd never been a part of a church before. And so we got married and we said, you know, we better become a member of a church. And so we visited a small uh, church called Wiser Lake Chapel out in the county that someone had recommended to us. And we showed up there, and the first Sunday we were there, there was a family who said, oh, do you want to come over for lunch after church? And we were like, well, I wasn't expecting that. We got nothing going on. Sure, we'll come over for lunch. And so uh, we came over to their house for lunch, and uh, we came to this cabin that the man had built himself. It was out in the county somewhere, and we sang hymns before we ate the meal. We'd never done that before. And, uh, and then we ate a sheep that had got caught in a barbed wire fence the week before, and that was lunch for that uh, Lord's Day. And we had never experienced anything like this. We thought, these people don't even know us. And they just welcomed us into their home like it was nothing. And like we were a part of their family. And we got to enjoy what they do on Sundays as a family to these total strangers. And it turns out that didn't just happen that Sunday. It happened the next two Sundays. Our first three Sundays at this church, we were invited into different people's homes. Now, do you think that became our church? Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, that became the beginning of the next three years we were there. Everything that we know about the Bible, about family life, about what it means to be a member of a church, about the gospel and who Christ is, all of that we learned at that church. And it shaped my whole ministry and our our church here. And it all started with hospitality. The welcoming, being welcomed into someone's family. And they were doing precisely what Jesus describes in this passage where he says in verse 35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. And that word stranger is, is key. In, in Greek, it's the word uh, xenos. And the Greek word for hospitality is phalak xenos, the love of strangers. What hospitality is, is it's taking the benefits. You know, when you're in a family, there's so much security that you get by being a part of a family because, you know, you have a shelter and you, you have people to talk to and you have food and there's protection. And the church is a family. We are a family. And we have so many benefits from this. And hospitality is taking all the structure and the benefits of being a part of a family and offering those benefits to strangers, people who are outside of the family, and welcoming them in. And the reason that this has to be so important to us as Christians is because the gospel— The main thing we believe in is about God's great act of hospitality, opening his family to us. Actually, the the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 2, describes what Jesus has done for us in this way. He says, so then you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We, are, we were strangers, we, were, we didn't know God, we were far away from God, and he's adopted us and brought us into his family and made us a part of his family. That's hospitality. And so today we're thinking through being a church shaped by the hospitality of God. And to explain that, I'd like to answer three questions for us from this passage that I read from, uh, from Matthew 25. And this is what the three, three questions are. What is the motivation for hospitality? What is the act of hospitality? And what is the goal of hospitality? Three questions for us. The motivation, the act, and the goal. And I pray that these words from Jesus would deeply shape who we are, the culture of our community. And so three important questions for us this morning. And the first is this. What is the motivation for hospitality? Why do we do it? 
And I think it's important to address this question from the start because if you're a Christian, if you've read this passage before, it's maybe been troubling to you because the main message of Christianity is that the way that we're made right with God is not by us doing a lot of good works and then earning God's approval. Uh, Salvation is not about what we do, but it's about what Christ has done for us. He died for our sins and he clothes us with his righteousness. But then you come to this passage about the final judgment And who's welcomed into the kingdom of Jesus? Well, you see there, verse 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. It sounds like Jesus is is saying, Because of all your good works, you have earned your way into my kingdom. What's going to happen if we think of hospitality that way? That we're all a bunch of people who are trying to earn our way into heaven by inviting enough people over to our house. Well, you know, imagine you're the person being invited in, and you knew that. The only reason this person invited me over is they're trying to get to heaven. It's not really about me. It's about them. You feel used. You know, I'm just being used just so you can score points and earn your way into heaven. And the good news is that even the righteous people in this passage weren't thinking that way. You see what they say in response to Jesus in verse 37. They say, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? They're like, they didn't even know that they were doing those good works. Their, Their eyes were not fixed on the good works that they were doing. That's not what their attention, that's not what their hope was in. That's not what their confidence was in when they were going to appear before their king. There's not an ounce of self-righteousness or thinking that they had to earn God's approval. And Jesus doesn't view it that way either because how does the king begin his speech? Look at verse 34 again. He says, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The righteous have been loved and blessed by their Father, And they were chosen for the kingdom before the world even began. Before they did any good works, he had set his love on them. And you all know that that's how your life is too. Before you start doing any good works of service to Jesus, the Father set his love on you first. You received, you were blessed by God. You were chosen by God. You were called by God. And that continues that his love is is stable uh, before we do any good works. Um, the good works are the evidence that we are members of his kingdom. And so hospitality is not about earning the Father's approval. Hospitality is about learning to become like our Father. Hospitality is about learning to become like our Father. And uh, this is learning the ways of our family. And there's a, there's a great illustration of this. I, there's a documentary on, um, on Amazon Prime called Mully. And if you haven't seen Mully, you should, you should go watch it. It is an incredible a story about um, an African man uh, named Charles Mully who uh, had a, had, was an entrepreneur. He started a really successful business. He'd made a lot of money, but he was a Christian. And the Lord uh, called him to go out into the slums of Kenya at night, and he would find children that had been abandoned, and he would just bring them home. And pretty soon he had a dozen, then he had a couple dozen children. And before long, he had like 200 children that he had just gone to the slums and he said, you know what, we're going to figure it out. I'm bringing you home. 
I'm going to give you an education. And as you grow up, I'm going to give you job training. And then he moves out into, the, uh, out into the country to build this big complex. And you see all the kids are working on the complex. They're building it. Everyone's going to build it. And he brings them all in. This story, and I, some of the details of it are just so unbelievable, you, you, you can't even imagine it. But by the end of the documentary, there's 15,000 orphans that he has brought into this program. And he has these huge farms that are run by these kids. And so you get to the end of the story, and, and you, you know, they interview some of his children. And you imagine, how did his children feel about him inviting in all these orphans? Well, at first, they're kind of like, you know, well, we're missing some of our dad's attention because he's pouring into all these hundreds of kids that he's bringing in. But eventually, they join him in the work. This is what our family does, is brings in the outsider, brings in the orphan, brings in the stranger. That is exactly who we are. Our Father in Heaven hasn't just brought in dozens of orphans or hundreds of orphans or even 15,000 orphans, billions of orphans throughout history. Our Father is brought into his family to care for and to teach and to feed and to protect and to raise up and to strengthen. That's what our family does. That's who we are. And so the motivation for hospitality is not we're trying to earn our Father's approval. It's because we know the Father loves us and we want to become like him. And so once we understand the motivation, then we're prepared to answer this second question, is what is the act then of hospitality? What is the act of hospitality? When someone has been blessed and chosen by the Father for his kingdom and they've received his love, what does it look like in their lives? And again, we've, we've read this a couple times, this transformation he says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the evidence that Jesus sees that a person is a part of his kingdom, the evidence that you're a part of God's kingdom is not that you do huge ministries and start huge ministries. He values unsuspecting acts of generosity and kindness that largely go unnoticed by the world. No one else, Jesus knew they were doing these things, but no one else knew them. They didn't even know they were doing them, but Jesus knew them. And uh, there are no healings in this passage. There's no grand miracles happening here. They don't heal the sick. They visit the sick. They don't liberate the prisoners. They just go and talk with the prisoners and spend time with them. It's as Blaise Pascal put it this way. Lord, help me to do great things as though they were little since I do them with your power, and little things as though they were great, since I do them in your name. The acts of hospitality are taking the regular things that we do in our day-to-day lives. What are the things we do in our day-to-day lives? We eat food. We do the dishes. (laughs) You know, we talk to one another. Taking the everyday things that you do in your life and sharing them with other people that are strangers. And I think in Jesus' list, you could kind of summarize it in two ways, that there's physical needs that are being cared for and there's relational needs that are being cared for. And you might feel that in America, we don't have a lot of people dying from starvation or thirst. We don't have people who, like, don't have clothes. Maybe you don't know anyone who doesn't have clothes or food or access to water. Uh, Or maybe we don't even know people who have been imprisoned for their faith. But we literally do have people who are dying from loneliness in our culture. We literally have people dying from loneliness. Uh, And so the big one on Jesus' list is, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Our culture has plenty of food, but we are starved for relationship. 
And the, one of the most powerful things we can do as God's people in this culture is open our relationships to outsiders. And one of the things Jesus focuses on here is visiting people specifically when their life is low. I mean, think of all the things that he mentions when they're sick. And when you're sick, you're vulnerable and you're weak. And to have someone to know that is praying for you and cares for you, brings you a meal and cares for you. People who are imprisoned, and maybe, they, maybe they're not just in prison for their faith. Maybe they did something that got them in prison. They've made life choices that have really damaged their life. And you're saying, I'm willing to be with you and talk with you, even though you've, you've made poor decisions. Or people that are strangers and don't have community around them. Being a church of hospitality means... We show up and we're present when people are going through the hardest times of their lives. And that's really uh, a lot of what a family does in a person's life. You know, you might have a, a sibling that you talk to twice a year. But if something really tragic happened in their life, you get on a plane and fly to them and be there and say, well, we're family. That's what family does for one another. That's how we are as a church is we're a family for one another. We show up when things get hard. And thinking this way also helps broaden who might think of hospitality as a part of their life. You know, people often think uh, that if they're single— Maybe you have a small home or you live in an apartment and you say, oh, hospitality is for you know, people with big families and big houses where they invite a bunch of people over to their house. And of course, if God's given you a big house, then he does expect you to use it. This is part of the burden of having a big house. Jesus says, to whom much is given, much will be required. And so that big house should make us tremble if we have a big house. But it's important to see that this passage doesn't mention any houses. Hospitality is about welcoming strangers into our lives. There's also nothing about families in this passage. You don't even have to have a family. Actually, you do have a family. This is your family. You don't have to have a biological family, but you have a spiritual family that you're welcoming uh, people into. Hospitality could be as simple as, as getting coffee or a beer or lunch with someone you work with or going on a hike with a neighbor. And so the question for all of us is where in our lives could we be extending the welcome of Christ to the people he has brought to us? Where in our lives could we be extending the welcome of Christ to people that he's brought to us? That could be in our workplace. It could be in our neighborhoods. It could be our own family members that we need to welcome more into our lives. It could be in our hobbies. We go do hobbies. We meet all kinds of people. And you say, you know, maybe I need to go one step deeper than just this hobby and invite them into my life. And especially here on Sunday morning. As the Lord brings people here on Sunday morning, our dream should be that this is a place of welcome and hospitality. If a visitor comes, someone from this church says, hey, I want to know who you are. So what is the motivation for hospitality? It's that our Father has brought us into his family, and so we want to be like him, and we too want to welcome others in. And what is the act of hospitality? Is taking the mundane activities of our everyday life, especially eating and visiting with people, and sharing those activities with people outside our family or outside our close community, okay? And that leads to our final question, is what is then the goal of hospitality? What is the goal of hospitality? And clearly from this passage, the goal of hospitality is to experience Jesus Christ. The goal of hospitality is to experience Jesus Christ. You see what he says there in verse 40. He says, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Jesus says when you welcome one of his people into your home or into your life, you are welcoming him. 
He will be coming into your home with them. And you might say, well, is Jesus saying here, you know, he says, welcome, if you welcome any of these, my brothers, does this say, well, we should only show hospitality to fellow Christians? You know, what about people who believe differently than us that are not Christians? Well, you know, this passage has already said that God has chosen certain people to be a part of his kingdom. And who are the people that he has chosen to be in his kingdom? We don't know. It could be everyone we meet as far as we know. So we better be safe and assume that anyone that we meet is basically Christ. And when we show hospitality to them, we are showing honor to Christ and welcoming Christ into our lives. And, uh, and in fact, uh, during the period following the, the fall of the Roman Empire, when Christianity finally broke out of the Roman world, uh, the primary missionary efforts uh, were led by the, the Benedictines who built monasteries throughout the barbarian world of, of Western and Eastern Europe in the 6th century and the centuries following. And in those days, if you were a, a traveler or you were a sojourner, you were one of the most vulnerable people in a society. You know, if you're away from your home and you're traveling and you come to a town at night and there could be bandits, there could be bad weather, and you would come to a village or a town and you were desperate that someone would welcome you in and show you hospitality and give you a, a place to sleep and, and a meal. And, uh, and during these centuries, the most reliable place to find the warm welcome of hospitality was a Christian monastery. They took very seriously the words from this passage that we just read. And if you read the rule of St. Benedict, uh, the chapter on hospitality called The Reception of Guests begins this way. It says, all guests who present themselves are to be welcomed as Christ." For he himself will say, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Proper honor must be shown to all, especially to those who share our faith and to pilgrims. And one of the things I love about that chapter is it talks about the, the honor that's supposed to be given to guests because it's Christ. The king has come to our house and we should show honor. And they're very courteous to the guests and, and they even bow before the guests to like show the honor. You know, you're just some guest. And that's true, especially of poor guests that would come to the monasteries. It says later in the chapter, great care and concern are to be shown in receiving poor people and pilgrims because in them more particularly, Christ is received. Our very awe of the rich guarantees uh, them special respect. And actually, I've read uh, other accounts of the monasteries where the, the, the brothers would love when a guest came to the monastery because then they were allowed to drink extra wine and say, well, we got a guest here. We got... And so they would get the benefit of bringing out special wine to drink with their guests because they needed to honor the guest. And that shows us a little something about what happens in, in, in hospitality. When we honor Christ as our guest, we actually get to benefit. You know, my wife Shannon and I have experienced that maybe on a Sunday. We have people over and say, hey, we'll spend a little more on the piece of meat we're going to get. We're going to make a little special food because we're going to honor those, the person who's coming. And we get to share in that with them. This is so often the case, is that when we welcome people as Christ, we experience him. And this is such a different mentality. Because if you think, oh, this poor lonely person... And they need me to be a friend to them. And they need me to serve them and care for them. The relationship becomes very one directional. But when you welcome them and say, this is Christ I'm welcoming into my house. All of a sudden you say, who's the needy one? I'm the needy one. And I'm hoping that Christ will minister to me. And if you're a guest coming into a home who's being honored and the person views you as Christ and they say, I'm expecting that you're actually going to serve me. You're going to pour into me. 
all of a sudden it becomes a two-directional exchange. And this is our goal, that in hospitality we will experience Jesus Christ himself. This is the promise of this passage. And so again, we see that the goal of hospitality is similar to its motivation. It's not for us to feel good about ourselves because of all our good works. The motivation is that our Father has welcomed us into his family and we want to become like him. And the act of hospitality is really just eating with people and offering relationship, especially to those who are in hard times of their lives, who are alone, who are sick, who've made poor decisions. But ultimately, the goal of hospitality is the goal of this whole church, to experience Jesus Christ. He has promised to enter our lives in our homes with these guests. The guests that come to this church, Jesus is coming with them. And through them, we hope and we pray that we will meet him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for these amazing words from our Lord, and we thank you that they have so deeply shaped your people throughout history. We thank you that there are Christians who have taken these words so literally. And Lord, I pray that we would follow suit because we are so captured by the welcome of your kingdom. We're captured by the love of Christ that we read about in the Gospels, how he welcomed people and ate with them. And how frequently he was also welcomed into people's homes. It's our hope that we would welcome Christ as well. May that be our spirit. Would you shape us in this way, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.